0: I know that we would always get to this scripture in this series. We're talking about a series on the mind. The reason I'm doing it is I want to be a pastor more than a professor. In fact, probably more than a prophet at this moment. Those times will come. Not the professor part though. Because at this time of year, and with all the talk about mental health, I really just felt just speak into it, just speak some strength into it. Many of you are very strong in your minds, of course you are, but I just want to remind you of some things and today will be quite simple. But actually, I do want to just speak to you and some of it will be so simple, but as you walk it out... I just feel like there's a word sitting in my spirit and it's liberty, freedom, that there'll be freedom and and freedom more than you've perhaps experienced before. So today, would you be so kind as to say to yourself, I'm going to go with this? Now, you know, that's that's a trust thing. And I want to get you on side to just have that trust. I want you to go with some things. If you have an NIV Bible, just before you take your seats, uh, well, you have whatever Bible you have, read this with me. We always were going to get to this scripture, but let's read it together. It could be on the screen as well. So, you know, you can just read along with me. Are you ready? Romans chapter 12, verse two says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. What an amazing promise. If your mind is renewed, you will know God's perfect will. If that isn't motivation for renewing our minds, then what is? Notice the word, do not conform to some patterns. Patterns here means habits, repeated behaviors, repeated thoughts. You've got to stop those patterns. You've been so kind standing up. Please take your seat just for a moment. Renewing our minds is a work of the Holy Spirit. And actually, even though I'm going to give you some methods today, understand that it will be a complete work of the Holy Spirit as well. Let me introduce you to Max. Max is the dog you wish that you'd all all have. Golden Labrador, really friendly, runs around the garden. He runs around the garden and when a car drives by, what Max does is he wants to chase it but he gets to the edge of the garden and he doesn't. When the kids play ball just at the edge of the garden, he wants to go and steal that ball because that's what dogs do. And he gets to the edge of the garden, but he doesn't. When a cat walks by, and you know what cats look like with their nose in the air and their tail in the air so arrogantly, I don't know anybody who could love a cat did I just divide the church? (laughs) He runs to the edge of the garden as the cat looks at him, but he doesn't chase the cat. You see, Max doesn't do these things because Max believes there's an electric, invisible electric fence around the edge of the garden. And actually, there was once. His owners installed an electric fence to keep some Uh, vermin out but also to keep Max in but they had some complaints from the neighbors because some of the kids got electrocuted great neighbors huh Uh, and uh, so they had to take the fence down but Max still believes it's there and it's that belief that keeps Max from doing what all dogs were born to do chase hunt and run I wonder what historical shocks you have had that keep you in an invisible lie that no longer exists. I wonder if you're believing something that actually has no power any longer because it doesn't apply to you. In the, I don't know whether it was the 90s or the 2000s, but there was a tennis player, a German tennis player, blonde, youngest uh, winner of Wimbledon, I believe, was named Boris Becker. Does anybody remember him? I don't know whether you remember him if, you know, in this generation, but Boris Becker had a phenomenal serve. It was almost unreturnable. And then there was an American tennis player called Andre Agassi. Do Do you remember him? You know, he had long hair. He had a, you know, he used to wear a bandana or a headband. He had long hair. And then he went incredibly bald, didn't he? You know, which is a gift from the Lord. Baldness is good, I think, because I'm discovering this. But Andre Agassi beat Boris Becker, who was seemingly invincible because he could return his incredible serve. But later on, after he retired, actually, Andre Agassi said, you know what? When I returned his serve, it wasn't that I read his mind. He noticed something about Boris. And you can Google this, but not now. Okay, if you're watching at home, don't start Googling. Or here, you can Google this. Boris uh, Becker had an unusual tongue tick or tongue habit. He used to, I'm not going to do it, you know, but he used to stick his tongue out. To the left when he was going to serve down the left. He used his tongue out to the middle when he'd serve down the middle. He used stick his tongue out to the right when he's going to turn, serve to the right. It was just a habit that he got into. So, what Andre Agassi did, he didn't read his mind, he just was noticing a habit. Google it later, not now. Have you ever wondered why you almost without thinking repeat the same thinking? Have you wondered, you don't know why you overspend, you just do. You don't know why you argue when you didn't mean to, you just do. It's because through repeated use, our brains are wired that way. That they get to a, a kind of point of it's automatic for some of us. In Alaska, they have signs because you know that the roads are encrusted with ice. They have signs that say, choose your rut carefully because you're going to be in it for the next six miles. And you won't be able to drive out of it. Actually, very similarly, the uh, scientific community amongst us, you will know this. In your brain, there are what's called neural pathways. And they are ruts or traces that our thoughts run along, and they run along those traces automatically. At the stem of our brain, we have something called the rectilia activation system that reinforces what we already believe. It kind of, if we see something that was dangerous in the past, it, it sends chemicals and shoots that to our brain so that we escape danger. If we've seen an authority figure in the past that's hurt us, new authority figures that may have good things for us, they, we are instantly cautious around them because our brains are wired that way. The neural pathways and our rectilia activation system means that we just often think what we think and we reinforce it what we already believe, we already say, well, that's just what I believe. We have historical stories that keep us from moving forward. Jesus, of course, lifted this problem up when he said it's really difficult to put new wine in old wineskins. It's difficult. You can tell that you have this habit, that as soon as something comes along that might be fresh, because is there anything really new under the sun, as soon as we do something fresh, you immediately run back and say, oh yeah, we've done that before, or I've seen that before. And actually what's happening is your neural pathways are going down ancient or well-traced out paths. But that may get you to miss the fresh things that are happening around you. With a church or our history, with our pedigree, with our heritage, it's quite difficult spiritually for us to say, do something new, Lord, because we've kind of seen it all before. But I want to say, change the prayer to do something fresh, Lord. Bread is a very old recipe, but I don't want stale bread. I want fresh bread. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Yeah. So let me say something really drastic. Like most properties, you need a rewire, a brain rewire. Dr. Caroline Leaf, who you've all studied, she will let you know that you can actually change the plasticity and the shape of your brain if you work at it with the help of the Holy Spirit and with good habits, eventually you can build, and you can actually do this. You can build new pathways in your brain, and you can change and learn new things. Now, it's really difficult. I'm not saying it's easy because it's like me trying to learn that, you know, that what's that electro glide slide dance, Janice, that you're so good. You know, the candy thing where you go back and along and you and your hip and your move and I just can't get it but you know what with Claudette's help and ministry and Janice supporting and having my small group around me and having prayer I think I can learn that dance and maybe new year will be different this year but it's going to take work it's going to take support it's going to take friendship it's going to take Kathy's embarrassment but it can happen. It's really not hard to check, it's really hard not to check a text as soon as you get it. It's happened to you in this service. It's because your brain has been wired to respond to that little buzz in your pocket or that little chime. So we're not gonna try and change just behavior today, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna dig deeper And we're going to cut off the lie that fuels behaviour and replace the neural pathway that leads to that behaviour. It's going to be something that you can do over this next week, over these next few weeks, over time. You see, a rut is unintentional. It just follows what we've always thought. And it's on your handout there, and you can fill out the blanks if you want to. A rut is unintentionally created. It it has no purpose and it needs repair. It needs fixing. It's something that just happens. A trench is intentionally dug for a specific purpose and fixes an existing problem. So if you see the blanks on your page there, a trench is intentionally dug for a specific purpose, and that's what we want to do. A trench of truth is a new thought pattern that we're now going to create. We're going to internalize the truth that we need to believe so that we can be free from old habits. What does the Bible say? Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I have placed this word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, we say that as if, uh, you know, that we just say the word. But if you will place the word in your heart, meditate on it. We'll get to that in a moment. And then if you will begin to say, this is what I am moving to, then your movement towards disobedience will be broken. This is how you can rewire your brain. We're going to identify the counter-truth Of what's coming in your mind. You have to do only this pause and say, Is that what I've just thought true? We're gonna identify the counter truth to how we think. So if you have a truth that says, uh, Instantly you walk into a room and say, Oh, nobody will like me, stop. I'm a child of God. I'm accepted, forgiven, redeemed, equipped, filled stop and begin to declare over your life the exact opposite to what comes into your mind. Now here's something that I want to give you some homework. Actually, you've got to get into the habit of writing down some truth declarations. And today, I'm going to say to you, just this week, don't go into 50 promises of God that you need to memorize. Three major truth declarations this week that you need to say over your life. If it's just simply this, my past is forgiven. But let me just give you the way that it works. You write a truth declaration, you write it as if it were true, even if you don't fully believe it. You write it, you confess it over your life, write it, think it, confess it, And this will build new neural pathways in your brain. Although it feels foolish and it's hard at first, you have to write it and declare it. Confess it, think it, excuse me, write it, think it, confess it. Come on, let's do it. Say it with me. Write it. Okay, all together. Write it. Think it confess it. So that's all I'm asking you to do this week. You see, I said to you earlier, I want to be a pastor, not a professor. This is very simple. You know, when you've had a, uh, you walk, I used to uh, do a, a particular run through a park and uh, go down a particular path and I noticed there were some runners cutting off the corner and were going over the grass well at first the, i me running round the path was was uh, easier for me because when they ran over the uh, on uh, trodden down grass it was harder for them to run on the grass but as I noticed over the weeks they created a pathway across the grass it's like if you have a pathway to your garden through your garden and you just walk on that but if you want to start a new pathway at first it's harder to walk on the grass but if you do that over the time you will tread the grass down so it becomes a new pathway that's exactly what we're doing today, that we're saying if you will get into the habit of writing it, thinking it, confessing it, you will build a new pathway. Come on, one more time with me. Write it. Okay, let's do that together. Write it, think it, confess it. Now, I know that sounds like, oh man, that's really easy. But for example, for those people who don't have confidence to put their best foot forward, that those people who automatically think that they are the tail, not the head, They could write something down like this. Your word says that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. So I don't need to be afraid. I will make my contribution and I will always play my part and not hold back. If you wrote that down and you had the word in there, you will begin to create a new pathway in your brain. It's scientifically proven that you can rewire your brain, your word says that you will supply all of my needs. So I will not be afraid to give and be generous and be a good steward of my finances. Your word says that you will be my provider. You see, what I'm trying to do today is to place in your thinking that you have to intentionally think things rather than just go with the flow you have 514 second long uh unintentional thoughts each day they just come into your mind uh, to expose your mind to intentional thinking is vital your mind absorbs what is it is exposed to And so if you allow a thought pattern, it will come out in your life. Now, you know, biblically, you think with your mind, you also think with your heart. You actually think with your inner being. And so Jesus said, whatever's in your heart will eventually overflow out of your mouth. And what flows out of your mouth will set the course of your life. So it's time for us to say, okay, God, let me intentionally think some things rather than just let it just happen. Everybody, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 5, and maybe it's on your outline there. It says this, those who live according to the flesh, those who do nothing with those old habits, and who are orientated to their self. Those who say, oh, this is too hard. It is simple, but it is difficult at first. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Do you see that word? Their minds set that they actually have a pathway, a habit, something set. But here's the good news. It isn't set in stone. One of the great promises of the Bible is he'll take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh so that you can communicate with him, so that you can talk to him. So those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according, in accordance with the spirit have their minds set by what the spirit desires. He rewires it. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So change your life. You have to change your thinking and make a new declaration. So here's the plan. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. You know, it's so simple, isn't it? You see, you thought I was clever and looked at Greek and all the rest of it. But basically I'm saying this, write it, confess it, think it until you believe it. Maybe you could turn to your neighbor and say, write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Maybe if you're at home that you could say, write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. See, I don't want to be a professor. I want to be a pastor. And I know at the moment I'm probably drilling. But one more time before we close, you've got to identify the rut, that old thought pattern. You've got to create a new trench of truth with God's truth. Then you see, you've got to make a declaration. You've got to say, I am not thinking that think it, confess it until you believe it. And as you believe it, it will come and change your heart and thinking. Now it's hard work, but it will change you. And you see, one of the themes of my ministry is I believe everyone can change. It's difficult for some, it's difficult for others. I know that some people have very difficult circumstances, but The Bible says, and it says in Romans chapter 12, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Do you know what the word transformation means? It's only used a couple of times in the Bible. It means metamorphoso. From the Greek means metamorphosis, that you change into something else. Now, I know that you might think to yourself, well, I'm fine just the way I am, but everybody needs change. I need a little bit of change. Don't you? I need change. And if you're saying today, oh, I don't need to change, that's the proof you need to change. You need to change. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can change. I know that the enemy has told you you'll never change. I know he's told you that. It's one of his biggest lies, but you can change. I know that you might get tired of this, but turn to your neighbor and actually command them, point at them, if it's your wife particularly, and your husband and say, you can change. You can change. You can change. Now, I know for some of you, this is kind of a little bit not something you want to do but I want to say to you, put it on repeat. Have you got a favorite playlist that you play over and over? I do. In fact, I'm terrible because sometimes I'll drive Kathy mad because I play the same song over and over again. Do you do that? Do you do that? I do that. I play the same song until I wear it out. But that's what we need to do in this instance. If you're going to rewire your brain, the key to it is put it on repeat. The scripture, by asking you to meditate on truth, is actually asking you to repeat what you know. This is what he said to uh, what the Lord said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, "'Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful.'" What an amazing promise if you meditate on it. And us as older Christians, we have forgotten this. We used to memorize scripture a lot. Where did that go out of our disciplines? We've got to start saying, Lord, I want to think about this and meditate on it. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 But he who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that's who the Lord's pleased with. Now, let me, let me kind of teach you what the Hebrew word means for meditate. In fact, it, it, you know, me and Scott were talking about the word ruminate. It, it means, uh, it's like a cow chewing its cud. Now, I don't want to gross you out, and I know you've just got about lunch just is coming up and everything. I, I don't want to in any way upset anybody. But do you know how a cow chews its cud? Do you actually know the science behind that? You know, okay, a cow gets some grass, and by the way, how do cows eat green grass and then give out white milk? I don't really understand that. But anyway, a cow eats grass, then it chews it, and it swallows it. And sorry if this is, I'm not gonna, I won't demonstrate, and then it throws it back up and chews it again. And then it swallows it. You guys in the balcony, stay with me. And then it throws it back up and chews it again. Then it swallows it. And by now it's really, no, I won't describe. And then it, say it with me, throws it back up and chews over it again. That is actually what biblical meditation is. God, I'm thinking about your word. And I'm thinking it through. Then I'm taking in the truth that you have showed me. But God, I want to think about it again. And is there a deeper truth that you need to show me? And God, I'm thinking about it again. And is there another revelation you want to give me? Instead of me rushing on to my 15 promises that I want to memorize this week, why don't you just memorize three? Why don't you write it, think it, confess it until you believe it with three things? Because as you meditate on it, you see, the devil is never creative. You know, he isn't creative at all. Lies come through repetition. He's just told you over and over and over again. We believe things because we've been told them often. How many of you believe the lie that you only use 10% of your brain? It's not true. There's people are going, oh, hang on a minute, Pastor Mark. I, I believed that all my life. How many of you believe the lie? If you eat the crusts on your bread, you'll have curly hair. <laughs> I was told that for my whole childhood. When I woke up in the, as a teenager, I was thinking, hang on, I've been eating my crusts. My hairs as straight as anything. That's not true. Or if you eat brown bread, it puts hairs on your chest. That's not true. Now, some of you think, oh, that's silly, but here's one. Some of you believe, if I eat lots of vitamin C, it'll stop me having a cold. Not true. Oh, oh, now there's people all over place. That is true. I've been eating orange. That is so true. It's not true. We believe things that are repeated to us often. As you repeat, truth. As a believer, it will pull you in the right direction. The speaker Zig Ziglar said it this way, repetition is the mother of all learning and the father of all action, which makes it the architect of all our accomplishments. As you repeat and believe, it's like you're thinking in a new language. You you can rewire your brain. You can actually change the shape of your brain, and some of the old traces, the old thinking, the old things that automatically come out because you've had the electric shock in your past of rejection, that your brain is already wired that somebody's going to reject you, and maybe they will, but actually that doesn't make you less valuable. He was a man of sorrows rejected by everybody, and yet he was loved by his father, and he knew it. You can change your thoughts. If you change your thoughts, you can change the way that you respond to life. And then your life will change. It will change. So I want to say to you today, let's rewire. So one more time. Here's the plan. I only wanted to be a pastor. I never signed up to being your professor. Write it think it, confess it, until you believe it. Everybody, one more time with me. Write it, think it, confess it, until you believe it. Now, I'm sorry if you feel that I've kind of treated you a little bit school childish today, and I don't in any way mean that. But actually, what I'm trying to do is model what you've got to do for yourself. You've got to buy a posting note or a notebook. You've got to write a truth confession down and then read it over and over again until you begin to say, you know what? That's true of me. I believe that. And I believe we need to do this at every age. I don't believe that it happens now and again. You see, actually, when we were young Christians, we started, didn't we, memorizing scripture and we've all stopped. I wonder if maybe you could pick that up again and say, you know what? I'm going to memorize some things, some new scriptures, because God wants to speak to me and deepen your life. You can change. Let's all stand together, shall we? I know it's difficult. but with your brothers and sisters around. You see, I, I really believe this. I think we should have small groups in our church. I think we should have self-systems. You see, I think God forgives you, but I think he gives you other people to heal you. And so we're always gonna have groups. But I wonder if you could just lift your hand with me right now and, and just ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, rewire me see it won't just be you and it won't just be my formula and it won't just be repetition see the holy spirit comes alongside it puts his arms around you and says I can deepen that work so it isn't just you striving and your effort you know I've met people who've given up smoking and the only thing they ever talk about is giving up smoking they're not really free from it you see, the Holy Spirit wants you to be absolutely free so that all those old thoughts actually don't happen any longer. Or if they do happen, he gives you completely different other conclusions. Come on, everybody with me. Everybody say it with me. Holy Spirit, rewire me. Holy Spirit, rewire me. Rewire me, Lord. I need your help. Oh, Lord God, I need you today.